Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston and Wayne Shepard talk about different ways to connect with your teen. Let's listen in. Mark, it's great to be with you again. You know, it's always good, Wayne, to come and, and talk about these things with kids. I mean, I get excited when we when we think about ways to connect with kids and ways to communicate with kids and ways to do all these things because I think it's a tough time that this culture is just bowling over our parents yep. and causing a lot of confusion. So many things pulling in so many different directions. Well, there really is. I mean, it's almost that thought is, well, do we go old school or new school? Do we do accept new things or do we reject old things? And it becomes very confusing. And with all the things that are going on in the lives of our kids, I always ask myself the question, what do I have to offer any kid that that comes in my life? What do I really have the opportunity to give them? And I tell you what, we have value we can give, wisdom, time, a relationship, but more importantly, we can make a connection. And kids today are not connecting well. And so we as parents need to offer them something that nobody else can offer them. And that's what we're going to talk about today. There's ways to connect with your teen. Looking forward to it. So as parents, we need to be asking ourselves, are we growing closer to our teens or further apart? We certainly don't want to smother them with all our connections with oh, them, I do know. we? I know. But you know what? I think what's happening is kids feel like they're making connections. You look on Facebook and they have a couple of thousand friends or they're all always texting all the time. And I mean, up to nine, 10,000 times a month, they're throwing out little texts. Is that a connection though? Yeah, it's really not. I mean, that's the problem is that they're communicating by all these ways that we have allowed them to communicate, but they're not really making a connection where they are having that part of them that's been created by God to have relationship with people, that it's being touched. And so what they have is plenty of opportunities to, to perhaps to communicate with people. They think it's a connection, but it's not because they're not sharing those deep things of relationships that are so important. And I think what happens is that that we as parents need to come back into our child and offer them those things that nobody else can offer them. And that's giving them that connection, that connection that I said earlier, a value, wisdom, time, and a relationship that sticks with them. It's, I never thought that we were going to have to be the ones as parents to teach our child how to have a relationship with somebody. But I think it, it, it's come to that point. They don't get it from movies. They don't get it from all the exposure on the Internet. They don't get it from all the knowledge they can gain from anywhere or access to everything. They don't get it from all the music they listen to and the, and the thousands of different types of uh, musicians that are out there that they want to connect with. They don't get it through the sports and, and, and those team things that they used to. I mean, sure, in some areas, like yeah. the band at school and some of the events yeah, that they... But that's different than the home. It really is. And and so they're wanting a connection. They want those deep relationships. I, I sit across from young ladies and young men all the time and ask them questions about things in their life, and they look at me like I'm a foreigner. <laughs> and uh, they just go, well... What are you asking that for? Huh. And and I, I realize they don't even get it. They don't understand that what I want with them is a relationship. So to, to look at these kids and say, hey, you're going to be in a great place here. It's a real relational place. They're going, 
you know, my definition of relationship is a lot different than your definition of relationship. Mm-hmm. So they don't know. And that's where we've got to help. They them. don't even know what's possible in a they relationship. Yeah. People ask me this all the time. How do you relate with kids? Uh, look, I'm 55 years old. <gasps> I've got a white mustache. My hair is turning gray. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just at that point. But I hang out with kids who are are 14 to, to 18 years old, and somebody says, how do you do that? How do you get them to I talk? Mean, how is it? Well, with boys, you have to do things with them, and then you talk. With girls, you just sit down and talk. And it's amazing to me what I have learned is how I do that. I ask questions. Now, here's the second part. I don't share my opinion unless they ask me. Hmm. Somebody says, well, then how are you ever going to get your truths apart? Well, I believe that in the relationship, they'll eventually come to me. I, I was meeting with a group of kids two or three weeks ago. We took a break, and I told the kids, I said, look, I want you to do this. When you go home and you're having struggles at home, because some of these kids were going home for the first time from our residential counseling center, and and they had not been home for a while, and I knew they were going back on territory that was going to cause some problems. I go, I want you to call me if you think that you're going to get in trouble. Okay. Now, I mean, here's here's a 55-year-old man talking to 14- and 15-year-old kids. Over that break, four or five of the kids called. Hmm. Okay, all I've done, all I have done with these kids is ask them questions. I've never shared my opinion with them yet. And so they call, and I sat there and I thought, this is my opportunity. That's very powerful. Now they're asking me a question. Mark, what should I do? Well, sweetheart, let me tell you, this is what I would think about. And, and I've listened, and you ask what I would call open-ended questions. You don't ask the kind of question that you get a one-word grunt out of a teenager. Yeah. You make them think. I do. You know, I want to ask a question that's going to lead to discussion. That's the point of it. A, a yes or no kind of stops the conversation. So I don't ask yes-no questions. I ask questions in such a way that, that they get to think about it. And then when they ask me a question, I don't answer I I just leave it open-ended. Why? Because I know that in a relationship, you're going to get together again next week and the next week and the next week. So I don't feel like I always have to answer all their questions, and and I don't feel like I have to always get the right answer from them, which they're thinking that we yeah. want. But you're always collecting data from their... I mean, you've got to be storing that up and thinking about, you know, the, your next step in the relationship from what you're learning from them. Oh, I them. am. I, you know, and I always have to think about those questions. Uh, it doesn't come natural. I mean, if I know that I'm going to be meeting with a kid, I'm thinking of ways to get into their head a little bit. So I have to remember where they've been and what's been going on and, and what they're doing. So I ask questions of other people how they are so that I'm engaging with them at a level that that they go, Mark cares about me. He's asking a question. He values what I have to say. You know, now they may say something. Let's let's take the the example of abortion. I believe in the right to life. I believe that that life is precious. Anybody who has read anything that I've written or talked to me, they know that. Sure. Okay. And I'm sure that most kids know that. But if I say, what do you think about that? And they go, you know, I believe that abortion's fine. And you don't recoil in horror. That's right. I go, okay. And, and, and somebody says, well, you missed your opportunity. No, no, my opportunity will come when they'll listen and embrace what I'm saying okay. rather than always thinking that, 
that we can't be at odds with each other. Yeah, and instantly judging them That's for their right. opinion. I want them to be at odds with me at times because that gives the platform to offer them something different. Well, it's got to be hard, though, for parents just to be quiet long enough to listen. You know what I mean? Nobody likes conflict. I mean, when a child says something that's against what what you believe in, you want to correct them immediately. And I go, let them process it a little bit and then go back to them the next day. When you have those times of conflict, you know, you know, show your child how to engage when something is different than what you believe. I mean, let them know that it's okay. So when they experience that same disbelief or non-belief of somebody else they engage with, they don't have to enter into arguments and yelling and screaming. They can sit down and have a relationship to offer something different to that child. And you've earned their trust so that when situations come up that they may not have told you about previously, now they feel more open to talk to you about that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and I mean, I tell people this all the time, Wayne. It is amazing to me that a little 14 or 15-year-old girl will come up and say, can I talk to you? And I'm going, you've got to be kidding me. Are you that desperate (laughs) that you want to sit down with me when you have all these people around you? It's because you listen to them. Well, it is. And that's it. And people go, well, no, Mark, you're special and, (laughs) and can do all that. No, no, no. It doesn't have anything to do with that. It is because I listen to them and I ask questions. And so they feel that they can come back to me and ask questions. And somebody's out there going, no, 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 I'm not good at communicating. I'm not good at that. It doesn't matter. Anybody can listen. Just real briefly, eye contact. You stress the importance of eye contact. Absolutely. I always look people in the eye. And, and then when I'm talking with kids, I get below them just a little bit. I, I, I don't want them to think that I'm that big banker, and I'm not against banking in it for anybody out there as a banker, but, but I, I get below them a little bit. Instead of taking a, a position of authority, I think it's humbling myself to a level saying, my authority can be lower than you because it's not in my position. It's in my words that I will share with you eventually after we build that relationship. It's a, it's a thing I learned in Young Life. It's communicate the gospel across a bridge of friendship that doesn't stop if they don't respond. And, and so it's saying, I'm going to move toward you during that time. Dads, you love your teens and you're doing everything to show them. But sometimes it still doesn't feel like enough. You're busy and short on time sacrificing a lot as it is, but you still feel like you run out of time for what really matters. A Devotional for Dads is the perfect book to help remind dads of life's biggest priorities and help them show their wives and kids how much they really matter. A Devotional for Dads is full of short, poignant, thought-provoking devotionals that give a biblical perspective of who a dad is supposed to be. It's more than just advice. It's a reminder of just how important Dad's role really is and how much he matters. Get your copy of A Devotional for Dads at ParentingTeenResources.org, either for yourself or as a gift for the dad in your life who loves and cherishes his kids. Mark, it must be remarkable to watch these teens grow and change like they do. You know, it it is. It's an amazing opportunity to watch them kind of process through their hurts and difficulties and losses. But you know what amazes me is that if I had a nickel for every time a kid said, I just want my parents to listen Mm -hmm. to me, I want them to let me make some decisions, I want them to value me, and I'd like to have a better relationship by having them engaged with me. 
if I've had a if I had a nickel for every time that was said, <laughs> you'd be much richer. I would be so rich. <laughs> and I and I look at it and I go, moms and dads, are you listening? Your kids want your time. They want your value. How you do that is asking them questions. How you engage with them makes all the difference in the world. It is a big deal. I mean, you don't want to send your child away for a year to get help so that we can help them resolve those issues that you can resolve at home and make a change today. You don't want to have to send them away for a year. That's not really in God's plan for them to be away from you. Sometimes it's necessary, but... It's necessary, but I don't think that God goes, you know, one day I'd like for this kid to go to Heartlight and spend a year away from their family. I think that God desires for mom and dad to be those key people in the life of a child that can steer and guide and direct and love and nourish and and and, and take care of in the days of their life. And I mean, so if... If we've heard it once, we've heard it a million times. Spend time with your kids. Ask them questions. Talk to them. Nurture them. Give them that relationship. Share your wisdom in a non-condescending way, and they will feel valued. And because they're valued, they will move toward you in a way that you've never seen before. So be quick to listen and slow to speak. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.